knowledge of self and knowing oneself has been very present to me in my personal journey for the past few months, if not a little bit longer. Uh, it's been a very eye-opening journey to figure out what I actually do know about myself and how I've been lying to myself. So today I have Camo Lionheart back on the show, dear, dear friend of mine, to help share this space with me as I unpack uh, this journey of knowledge of self, uh, of how to understand my own personal intuition, and, uh, and to basically have uh, another human being to share their journey with their knowledge of self and their intuitive journey as well. Cam's been on the show multiple times, and I really appreciate and love his perspective and his contributions to uh, the information that we share. It's a really kind of deep conversation. I really hope you get something out of it. We'll see you on the other side. But first, a message from our sponsor. Our healing journey can be difficult. It might feel lonely at times. That's why I love sound baths. Where we can get together in a community, we intrinsically support and feel supported by others. And that combined energy can help us go deeper into our own healing journeys. And all you have to do is just lay there for one hour and listen to beautiful healing sounds. I'm a sound healing practitioner, and I hold sound baths on a regular basis in the greater Seattle area. You can find my next sound baths on my website at adamrealhealing.com. That's Adam, A-D-A-M, real, R-I-E-H-L, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. AdamRealHealing.com. Your healing is worth your time. And now, an uninterrupted podcast with Camo Lionheart. All right, welcome back to our show. Uh, today, I'm sitting across from one of my dear friends, a uh, brother from another mother, a life partner in a way. Um, he's been on the show multiple times. Uh, he's amazing breathwork practitioner, Reiki master, sound practitioner. Uh, men's work practitioner, just photographer. I mean, the guy does all these things, right? Um, Camo Lionheart is a dear, dear friend of mine. He's one of the first um, spiritual brothers that I've ever met and um, has maintained that relationship. And you've been just an integral part of my healing journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to have you back on the show. Honored to be here. Hell yeah. as you've been an integral part of my journey as well. It's funny how that works out, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing that's really live with me right now uh, in my personal journey, and it's the reason why I asked Cam to be on, is, um, is knowledge of self. And <clears throat> this has been really strong for me lately in, um, in my personal journey about learning the stories that I tell myself and that I've lived and that are not true and how these stories still sometimes um, manipulate our lives because we've been living these stories for so long. Um, the first time I heard the, the phrase knowledge of self was actually from a hip hop song. Um, it's a, a black star song, most deaf and quality, and it's called knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. And I've been listening to that song since probably like 96, 95, somewhere nice. in there. Right. Great song. And, but you know, it never really landed the way it landed now listening to that and listening to his words about knowing oneself and how that knowledge can never be, can never be tainted because it's your knowledge of self and nobody else can say that's wrong because nobody knows you like, you know, you, you know? And so the knowledge of self is so important because it can help us understand when we're in stories that, that no longer serve us, mm-hmm. uh, situations that we're not comfortable in. Um, but this quote came to me yesterday, actually, when I was prepping for the show. 
and it was a uh, in, in insight timer. Mm-hmm. I love insight timer. I use that a lot for my meditations. Um, and uh, every day when I open it up, there's a new quote, quote of the day. And the quote yesterday was to know yourself, you must first sacrifice the illusion that you already do. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because especially since I've been doing work, I'm like, okay, I've known myself better than I've ever known it, but do I still know myself? Mm-hmm. And the answer I had to myself was no, I'm still not fully aware of myself. And there's a lot of frustration with that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of frustration. And, you know, we talked about, um, so right before Cam and I hit record, um, we sat with Hoppe. Hoppe is one of my favorite plant medicines to sit with, to try to ground ourselves and kind of open, open up. And, um, whether the guest sits with me or not before every podcast, I'll sit with Hoppe to kind of ground myself. And that's been one of those medicines that's helped me understand the concept of knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. Um, and understand the stories that I've been telling myself and, uh, probably the most frustrating thing that I'm dealing with right now. And, uh, I just shared this with Cam before we hit record is that when we become aware of the stories that we tell ourselves and how false they are, it seems pretty basic of like, cool. Okay. We'll stop telling yourself that story. Live, live the, the honesty and the truth that you know, but I still find myself in those stories, living that, that story of scarcity, of falsity, of not enough, of Mm. why do I deserve, you know? And, and I am at the point now where I can see myself knowing that that's not true, but still walking that path. And that pisses me off and it's really frustrating. Um, but it's giving me the catalyst to dive deeper into the knowledge of self instead of pushing me away. Whereas before it might've scared me and be like, fuck it, I'm, I'm done. So today I want to talk about, uh, what knowledge of self means, how we can find that some tools that you can lean into and just have an open discussion of how to really know oneself and how to trust, learn how to trust yourself. Mm. And so Damn, Cam, thanks for being here, brother. Mahalo, brother. Yeah. Yeah, that trust thing is like the key ingredient to it, and we can talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but that quote is perfect and what divine timing to like have that land (laughs) yesterday as you prepped for this. Um, Because we've been talking about doing this podcast for a couple weeks now Mm -hmm. and just like letting, oh, what is knowledge of self? And so that's just been lingering in the in the peripherals of my day to day and oh is that how i find knowledge of myself how am i aware of myself am i aware of myself right now right. and what that quote offers is to let go of the certainty and to inspire the curiosity mm-hmm. um in the a lot of the men's work and even just promoting men's work in the area it's like we're talking to a man at the yoga studio about that who's maybe there for physical healing or just to be an exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sense that these men, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And so the resistance to discovering a new aspect of themselves, and this is not just for men, but this is my example, is I know myself this is how I am, I do this, I eat, eat that, and the curiosity of, even like the glimpse of curiosity of another way of being gets mm. discarded completely, or another way of feeling, or another way of expressing, or a new exciting thing that they could go do with themselves, their partners, their families, doesn't even cross their mind because we're so set in this 
way of being. Yes. Um, so yeah, that quote's perfect. Yeah. I love it. There's a study I read a while back and I've shared this on the show before, but, um, there's a, they, there's a study that they interviewed. Um, I think it was closer to a thousand people. And the, the basis of the interview was on change. Like, mm-hmm. so there the, are the two questions. One was, do you think that you're a different person now than you were 10 years ago? And I think 80% was the questions answered were yes. Yes, I'm different. I've changed. Mm-hmm. And the second question was, do you think you're going to be the same person in 10 years? And about the same amount, about 80% said, yes, I figured out who I am. Yeah. Why would I change? But if you're 10 years ago, you've changed drastically into where you're now. Don't you think you're going to continue to change and grow? And that was one of the more flabbergasting kind of concepts that came out of that study was Mm -hmm. like, well, are we just happy with where we're at? We're always changing whether we realize it or not. Mm -hmm. And so that change that we, that we either witness or don't witness deepens that knowledge of self, uh, or the, the attempt at knowledge of self, but Mm -hmm. it can also push us farther away. Mm -hmm. Um, in the atmosphere that we live in right now. So knowledge of self to me is very intuitive, right? It's your intuition. How do you feel about something? So when somebody asks you a question, Hey, um, do you want to go to this concert tomorrow night? Okay. So my initial, maybe my initial intuition is no, I don't, I've got so much stuff to do the next day. I don't want to go, but I'm going to not listen to that. I'm going to go anyways. And then the next day I feel like crap and I show up in a, in a, maybe a hungover state or in a non-energetically, you know, uplifted state. And in the work that I do, I have to be uplifted. I'm, I'm a sound healer. I'm an energy practitioner. I'm a yoga teacher. If I show up and my energy's low and not in a place where I can share space with people, then I'm not at the place where I need to be. Right. So that all factors into my knowledge of self. But then you have peer pressure on top of that, mm-hmm. right? And then you have the pressure of society of saying, well, no, go because these are your friends and you want to go out with them. Sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. make that sacrifice, if you will. Um, and then we get, you know, let's say for myself, like I'm pretty strong in my <laughs> abilities to say no to shit. And sometimes I feel like that is me listening to myself. And sometimes I feel that it's me shortchanging myself mm-hmm. and leaning into my comfort instead of challenging myself in some kind of way. Right. Right. Um, yeah, here I resonate with that in the like, oh, go out to this thing. And instead of doing that, I lean on the no, I'll protect my energy. And what I've kind of do as much as I can, because I am very protective of my energy now, is like, is it a fear that's coming up that's irrational? fear like is going to say ecstatic dance on thursday um going to uplift my energy yes it always does Mm. am i not going because of fear of the healing that could happen in that space because i feel like ecstatic dance is one of those spaces that can be extremely healing mm-hmm. um especially for my judgments right. of self um based on judgments like cultivating my ego for others um and so if i'm reacting from that fear space like oh i'm scared of being seen yeah or anything around that type of energy it's like ooh okay that's me doing me myself a disservice because the outcome of going and will ultimately be through consistent practice of going. Right. Oh, I'm 
expansive and alive and feel even better the next day rather than, oh, I went to that thing and now I feel uh, like right. unavailable to the world, right? So it's just one example of many. And, but yeah, and you had to use ecstatic dance too. That's I had the, to. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing that, that I'm just I most afraid so of. <laughs> I haven't been in so long because I teach the days that it happens, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, and that's funny. I mean, it's perfect that you use that example because that, that opportunity keeps presenting itself to me. Um, friends invited me to ecstatic dances. Like I'm, I'm open with the fact that I know that that's something that I need to work on and I share it. Like I've shared it with you. Mm -hmm. I've shared it with other friends and you guys are really good about still giving me the opportunity to step into that. Uh, but not forcing me into it. But at the same time, like I notice myself still very much afraid to step towards that mm -hmm. for all the reasons you just said, yeah. mainly self-judgment, yeah. right? Uh, my, my knowledge of self in that aspect is very weak mm -hmm. and it, it scares me. And yeah. so stepping into something that, that, that's that vulnerable for me is something that I'm constantly working on. And you're definitely not alone in yeah. that. <laughs> it's it's scary to be vulnerable and honest and truthful, not just with others, but with ourselves at the yeah. same time, um, which is building that trust in the self. Like, oh, I'm going to this thing, and I know the end result is beneficial, and I trust the, myself that this is for me. And how to navigate into that is that intuition, yeah, that knowledge of how we respond to the world for sure. Yeah. So with yourself and your practices, um, you know, what's, what's, you know, some ways that you've gotten to that understanding of what the voices sound like for your knowledge of self, you know, because we have, well, I can speak for my personal self. Um, I have different voices based off of my consciousness or my ego. Mm -hmm. My consciousness tends to have a stable voice and it's, it's, um, I would say the voice in my head that I hear is very feminine and very soft. Mm -hmm. And it's usually the first answer I'll hear when I question, when I throw a question out there. Uh, but it's also the first voice that I'll dismiss and be like, nah, not that one. Um, now the ego has a very distinct voice also, but my ego has the ability to soften its voice and sound like my consciousness <laughs> you know, to play that game. Right. Cause it knows, it knows me. Right. And uh, it knows what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. And the ego is very strong in that kind of way. So for me, it's really differentiating the two sounds of those voices and how they feel and how they resonate and where they resonate. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, meditation has been really helpful with that to identify what those voices are um, and to start to feel into like where I understand uh, what a yes would be or what a no would be, you know, like a hell yes or a hell mm -hmm. no kind of idea. Um, so for yourself, um, what are some of the practices that you kind of embrace to listen to those voices or to kind of lean into those feelings and, and practices? So I'll get to practices. It was really interesting hearing you talk about the voices that you hear. Okay. Cause I'm like, Oh, what voices do I hear? And I don't know if I hear a different like pitch mm. or sound in the voice, but considering this idea of like oh my ego's voice versus my like aligned conscious being mm -hmm. voice like the aligned conscious being is like it's a very clear like knowing mm -hmm. um energy and then the ego voice is a very 
kind of trying to convince <laughs> energy okay, okay. or like you know ego you were just mentioning manipulative ego um or stories manipulating us into who we think we're supposed to come because the ego is the thinking um it's like oh if i think my way or if i convince this decision maker uh -huh. in me to make this decision then uh, that must be my ego interesting that's great yeah um so I guess that's one avenue to look at the self and how we communicate within ourselves. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then, well, that lands with me because my, you know, it, with that explanation, I, and this is why I love having these conversations because we always land differently. Like our, the way we understand our own personal selves and our constitutions, sometimes it's similar, sometimes it's different. Uh, the thing that actually got me to start look listening to the voices. Is I read an article a while back that said only like a small percentage, it's like 10% of, of humans that were tested, I don't remember the size group, but about 10% say that they hear a voice in their head when they read a book. Like there's a narrator that's outside of their normal voice. Some people have like voices that emulate the different characters and stuff and like got pretty deep, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that made me start to think, I'm like, well, I've been reading for a long time and I've never actually thought about whether or not I'm reading to myself if I have a character reading to me or any of that shit. And so that gave me something to look at when I sat in my meditations and I started to notice the, the different cool. tones, right? Yeah. But, but our, the way we accept the information in our bodies in our in our in our constitutions is going to be different and so that's why i love listening to you and talking about that because that gives me something else to look at you know when i sit yeah. in my meditations you know um there's no wrong way to do this stuff it's trial and error it really is and everybody's going to have a different way their yeses manifest and their nose manifest whether it's a feeling a sensation anything like that an emotion that pops up totally um definitely unique to each individual yep. um and i've found that over time but originally when i was in my like i need to figure myself out moment um that many of us had in 2020 <laughs> i turned to human design along with men's work and the choose again process um in which we can talk about another time but uh in human design, I'm a manifesting generator. And I know you had somebody uh, who had a human design topic yep. a little bit ago, so probably check that out. Yeah. Um, but as a manifesting genera generator with a sacral authority, we start in the yay and nay. So a yay would be uh, kind of an uplifting, expansive, bright energy when we're attempting to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And then a nay would be kind of a depressive, depressive or like um, not grounding in like the positive, like, ooh, I'm grounded, but like um, de depressive, I think would be the, like yeah. my body's being like heavy. pushed heavy. down, heavy, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah totally. um, so I started there. Okay. And through a lot of the other practices that I work with, breath work, sound healing, Reiki was a key ingredient to tuning into my body. So even just a Reiki one training for any individual can be really beneficial yeah. to just tuning into the subtleties in yoga, another one. But um, I've found that sitting in meditation over a bigger decision and feeling what my body actually wants to do, like allowing my body to move 
in the way that will describe the yes or no. So if I sit in meditation and I imagine being in a situation, mm-hmm. a specific situation, the decision to go into that, and then my body contracts or like moves away or pulls away from that situation um, or that happening, ooh, that must be a no. If it leans into it, yeah. then that must be a yes. So really... And with a lot of my work, it's very, like, aware of the physical reaction in my body, the subtle sensations, the intense sensations, how it moves, how am I sitting, you know, in in any specific situation. If I'm at a party and I'm like, ooh, I better just sit down and I'm sitting down over in a dark corner, like kind of like hiding like, why am I here? What what led me to being here? Right. Oh, when I got the opportunity to say yes or no, I was in too much excitement I said yes I followed through with that commitment rather than oh that's each opportunity is a big commitment each decision is either taking us towards something or away from from something yeah and so if I took the moment to go take a deep breath oh yeah that is a yes or oh that is actually no I'll get back to you on that or wow that's just a full-on no for me right now so I'm gonna honor that and that can be the challenge of this work is then once we're starting to listen to our own unique individual versus what we've been influenced Mm -hmm. to do in our patterns or um yeah then we might be starting to learn that we're actually choosing things that aren't in alignment with even our community right and but are more in alignment with our unique composition our, our unique self which right. is amazing um and there's struggle in that there is you know and i think that's where um some societal pressures kind of come into it you know and we can talk about uh friend group societal pressures from um from that towards just society in general like the mass populace mm-hmm. and the sways that the populace has to push us towards thinking that one decision is right and the other decision is wrong or whatever that is and that can be, you know, political, that can be societal, that can be cultural, you know, a lot of these different ways that we can think with that. And, and I think that's one of the biggest struggles right now on a mass scale is that we're being told that this is the right way to think and this is the wrong way to think. And if you have a practice of, of intuition or knowledge of self or that sitting with yourself and you ask yourself these questions and they don't land in the narrative that's out there, do we feel comfortable still traversing on on our own? Do we have the support that we need uh, to make these maybe sometimes tough decisions that we feel are right for ourselves as an individual, but maybe not as a mass populace, or it's your decision to make as well as it's my decision to make. So why am I being chastised for the decision that I made, Mm -hmm. but it's okay for you to make your decision. Right. And so I think there's a lot of, I mean, and you know, we won't get political with all this stuff, but the COVID, you know, the masks and all the vaccines and all this stuff that's come out in the past three or four years has really kind of swayed the idea that I know what's best for me. Mm-hmm. And no, I don't. Yeah. And even if I was on a path of thinking that I might know what was best for me, and then my job told me that I had to get a vaccination. And again, I'm not politicizing this, but this is just facts out there. If I don't get a vaccination, I'm going to lose my job then I have to go against my own personal moral code and my personal values of what I think is right to keep up with quote unquote society. Mm-hmm. Right. And so are we given the opportunity to really 
listen to ourselves and know what's right for ourselves? Are we in a place where the big decisions are made for us because we're too ignorant to make them ourselves? And that's what it kind of feels like at times. It's like, you're not smart enough to make the decision, so I'm going to make it for you. Right. It's like the, 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 the argument about universal basic income of if we give everybody money, then everybody's just going to sit on their ass and watch fucking TV all day and drink and smoke weed. Well, we proved that wasn't true mm-hmm. when, when we gave money to people for COVID. We mm-hmm. saw what they did with that. They, get out, they went out and they did shit when they mm-hmm. could. Right? They invested in themselves for the most part. Some people will take advantage of it because mm-hmm. they feel like they've been taken advantage of. Yeah. Right? But when we can encourage the person and the human to listen to the self and then be encouraged to be able to ask people questions about what we find when we ask ourselves these questions and they become open dialogue conversations instead of like, you're fucking wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we start to embrace this idea? Yeah. Well, that's through that quote that you said at the beginning, like the curiosity of the self. And there is the idea that I am you, you are me. Right. Right, So if I'm curious about myself, I'm a thousand percent more likely to be curious about the other person fair um and at least that's how i'm feeling at this moment um sometimes i'm like i can't handle this right now this person right now so i will protect my energy Mm -hmm. but what makes sense for me to answer that is like as i get more curious about myself i learn to trust myself more and through that finding more empathy or compassion for another person's own perspective. Right. And then I get to self-inquire again, well, why am I judging that person? What judgments am I having about myself? Mm. What judgments are they having about themselves? What are they believing? Right. And now I'm starting to build an even deeper well of compassion to see their perspective, even if I don't agree with their perspective. Right. It's like, oh, what story are they living? Oh, they're in deep fear right now. Right. Cool. How can I support that? Can I offer support? Should I wait to be asked for support? Can I just lead by example and that's enough? Um, it's different for every situation, but yeah. ultimately... If I have the well of compassion that I would like to have for the world, which is an ongoing work for me as a Leo, Um, (laughs) good joke, hopefully, Um, then that's spilling over towards others. Like, I'm, oh, curious, curious. Right. And I think that's a a key word is the curious. because like we keep talking about knowledge of self is individual. Like that's my knowledge of myself. And so the curiosity of others, the, the word curious allows the opportunity for their own interpretation. Mm. But when we take the curiosity away and say, well, I feel like this, so everybody must feel this way. Then we project that onto other people. And I think that causes a lot of frustration when we find out that people are thinking differently. Well, why do you mean you don't think like I Mm -hmm. think I'm thinking the way that everybody else thinks. So you should think the way I think too. Why are you individual? Why should you have your own thoughts? Mm -hmm. You know, I hear a lot of the, uh, well, I'm doing this. So I think everybody else should. Okay. Like that's, that's a trap. That's a trap, right? Because that's where your knowledge of self goes away. Mm-hmm. You're now just following the populace mm-hmm. and you're not listening to yourself. And what you're listening to might say, yes, follow the populace. Follow there. They've got it figured out. Let's do that, right? And that could be your internal dialogue and that makes sense to you. Great. You've listened to yourself. You've mm-hmm. done that. 
but let it be yourself. Try Stop trying to convince other people that your way is the right way. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of our, our issues right now with, with conversating about this stuff is that if we find ourselves differing from a, a, somebody else that we're talking to, um, immediately flags go up and we get upset and we start to defend our stance. And what I find myself uh, in conversations a lot now is when I'm when I have differing opinions, I feel the other person's trying to convince me that I'm wrong mm. instead of just sharing their side of what yeah. they understand as well as I'm just sharing what I understand. Mm. Like I understood that about maybe three or four years ago when I was holding conversations, I was trying to prove my point. I am right. This is why I'm right. Here's all the evidence yeah. of why I'm right. And I've stopped that. I've consciously had to stop that because that I don't think that's fair. Here's the information that I have, how it's landed with me, why I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I think that leaves the openness to this is my side. Let's hear your side. Mm-hmm. Let's see where we can find like common ground because yeah. there's going to be some commonality between the sides when one way or the other. And when we can find commonality, then we can start to grow with that mm-hmm. instead of like, no, we're just different. You're wrong and I'm right and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know? And there's... Uh, I feel like there's a sense of this is my way, it's the only way. Right. Which puts it into kind of the belief category instead of an idea category. And when it's a belief, we have a much harder time changing that because we attach so strongly our unique individual, mm-hmm. whether unique or not, but like my unique individual is attached to this belief and because I'm attached to that belief, I can't even see that that belief might even be disproven by science or this or that. Like, there's, it's like blinders. So yeah. that's another practice, I guess I could say, is like, ooh, am I in a belief about this or that? Or am I in my an idea? Right. Like this is an idea that I have. I have the idea that my yeas and nays respond like this. And so far it's worked for me. Mm-hmm. I felt really good and my confidence is built. So with that, it's like, what if we started to shift this belief system into, wow, there's 8 billion people. There's 8 billion ideas. Yep. And rather than 8 billion beliefs or like five beliefs that are believed by 8 billion people, right? right? Um, And then we can find that commonality. We can find that ground to which we all are sharing to grow from. Right. Yeah. There's a, I love that. There's a, the the ideas and beliefs I love. That's a, there's a quote from uh, dogma, right? It's an old Kevin Smith movie from like, so good. Linus Morissette is God. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. (laughs) Totally. It's great. Uh, But there's a, there's a scene where Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are archangels and they're fighting each other. And, and uh, Ben Affleck's like, you know, we have beliefs, beliefs. And, And Matt Damon's character says, dude, people die over beliefs. Let's just, Focus on the idea, mm. like basically what you're saying. Like the idea allows new information to come in. When new information comes in, which it always will, we don't have this world figured out. We mm-hmm. barely even understand the fucking body. Yeah. Like we just realized, I was listening to a doctor the other day, and, and uh, I think it's within the last five years, we now realize that the bones in the body and the human body excrete 33 different hormones that we don't even have wow. names for or understandings of what they do. Right. Within the past cool. decade, we just realized that mitochondria, which live in every single cell of our human body, every single cell of every energetic being in the world, doesn't share DNA with the host. 
it's completely separate from the host. It lives in every single cell. It reproduces the proper amount of mitochondria in every cell. It turns that shit into energy and then it powers us as a power plant. It's an external being inside of us. Like we don't know shit, right? We have an idea, right? Let's keep it as the idea. But if we say that, okay, this is our belief system. We've got this figured out. Mm -hmm. That's, in my opinion, where religion has taken kind of a turn is that there's no, we, we have no idea. Like when take religion, we don't know what happens in the afterlife. We don't know what happened before life. We don't know what happens in, in between. We have an understanding. We have an idea, but we've based belief systems off this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe that, then you go to fire and brimstone hell and you get burned for the rest of your life. We'd be burned. I would be burned. <laughs> I had, you know, I used to make the joke. I'm going to have sulfur front property in fucking hell. Anybody come visit me whenever they want, because I've done some shit that's never going to be in my eyes forgiven. But now that I understand my understanding of what God is now is God isn't this omnipotent being that sits on a throne that makes people crawl to him to beg forgiveness and be like, no, you fucked up too much. Go to hell. God is this thing that just sits up there and be like, hey, look, look what that version of me just tried. That didn't work out too well, did it? Cool. I hope you learned a lesson. I'll see you in a little Mm -hmm. bit. You know, it's like acceptance of the path of humanity. Right, acceptance of the forgiveness of the the ideas of the belief systems of like all this shit. It's just part of the fucking game that we're playing right I now. I love this, and then like to think of it, uh, all of that as the tools of self awareness. So, right. but just came to mind was like, and I've never been Catholic, going to like the little room and confess. But a lot of the work that I've done over the past few years has been, I'm feeling this. It takes me to this memory where I made this decision or this happened to me and then I find forgiveness. So I'm constantly cultivating this forgiveness of the the thoughts, words, actions that I am ashamed of, guilty of, any number of those emotional states. Mm-hmm. And then we have a reflection in say Jesus of like this divine being, even though we're missing like quite a few years of what happened. Um, at least in my knowledge. Right. But it's like, Oh, here's the reflection of what to strive for. Love all beings show up and give the abundance, even though you only have one thing of bread that turns into a meal or whatever it is. I'm not great with those stories, but the idea is there. Like, we have the reflection of who we'd like to be and or who we're we strive to be right and we're going to fail yeah <laughs> and so to be in that place where i can be honest with myself like oh i made this decision it hurt people ultimately it hurt me and i feel really guilty of that i seeking some sort of sort of redemption or what's the word i don't know the word but like get the idea like oh i want to feel better so to feel better for this decision i'm going to be honest about it i'm going to come clean and whenever i've come clean whether the consequence has been great oh like everything's working out now or the consequence was the end of a relationship it was like i energetically and emotionally felt better and from that space i can move forward because at least i showed up in truth rather than in lie right 
then that's where manipulation, grow, right? Yeah. yeah. That's where a lot of that growth comes from that we're afraid of. Um, you know, back to our stories, you know, we live our stories because there's comfort in them, whether they're super false and they're just not true at all. They're, they're maybe even damaging. There's a comfort in that because it's a pattern that we're used to walking and our brain loves patterns. And if we take our brain out of the pattern, it expends more energy and we have to try harder and it makes things frustrating. Um, you know, and that's where, again, the ideas and beliefs really kind of come into play. Cause if we have beliefs, like if I just, if I believed in my head that meditation was the only thing for me and that I'm just going to sit down every single day and meditate for 20 minutes and I'm going to find peace that, okay. So that was my life, right? I did that. It worked for a very long time until it didn't mm -hmm. because that belief system that I put up didn't allow for external stimuli to come in and monitor and change that mm -hmm. belief system and add to it. Right. And so now taking that belief system out of it and understanding that meditation is still beneficial for me, but I don't believe that I have to do this in order for me to find peace that opened it up to now sitting with different types of meditation, sitting with different plant medicines, sitting with different types of movement practices, opening the idea that something else might be out there that I haven't tried yet. That might give me a little bit more peace, like standing outside, literally just standing outside with my shoes off for five minutes a day. Like I have a seat now in my backyard, take it out there and I sit my shoes off and I sit with my feet on the ground and I can feel my body getting healthier. Mm -hmm. I can feel like information coming in from my feet up into my microbiome. I can feel this like connection and I can understand that my body is becoming in tune. Yeah. But that wasn't a practice for me before. You know? So again, if I would have stayed with my belief systems then all these things, all these other tools, all these other things that are coming up in the world or being rediscovered in the world don't have a place for that, yeah. you know, and that's, that negates a lot of the potential work that we could do. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to mention based on your like path, um, from at least what you've expressed here, that deep attunement to self, that deep knowing of self to be able to feel your biome changing and shifting by sitting with your feet on the earth. Yeah. Like that doesn't just happen. Maybe for some, it's like I did that and I could feel it while it was happening. That's something that happened because you've sat in meditation right. for so long, dedicated. And so the belief that that's the only thing can be a hindrance. The idea that it can really be powerful is beneficial. Right. So yoga, I'm injured and i want to get healthier i was recommended this let me try it out wow i feel better cool oh and i continue through that dedication because i know i feel better from it right now i'm getting more in tune with the different subtleties in the body and my muscles and my bones and my structure and my vibrational energy my mm -hmm. frequency and ooh, let me try sound healing like that's something that seems interesting now i have a whole new experience or add reiki wow like i could feel this pulse of energy that i've never felt before right. oh now i'm sitting outside with my feet on the earth for five minutes and i can actually feel this stuff coming up and also leaving me mm -hmm. and so all of that is like the practices towards a deeper self-realization whether it's this feeling energy like i feel the the biome of myself changing or i'm feeling my emotions better and more clearly so that i can communicate them better and i feel like the recommendation to this path is to 
listen to figure out the yay or nay for yourself um and i can talk about a little process of that kind of basically yeah in a minute but find that like ooh, maybe it's yoga a lot of people do yoga like is that a yes or no for me mm -hmm. then follow that yes cool i'm in this and then allow add some commitment to it like not oh i'm gonna try that once I'm going to commit to this idea that yoga can be very beneficial for me. I'm going to commit for 30 days or I'm going to commit for this year. Like really make the commitment to the self, start date, end date. Right. And at the end of that time, you can reevaluate like, oh, wow, I feel better or I feel worse. Right. Generally with yoga, I feel better. But right. um, and from there expand oh i heard at the yoga studio of this vipassana meditation i've really enjoyed the shavasanas at the end when we're still like that's my favorite part this is being still for 10 days in silence that sounds really exciting is it a yes or no for me here's the dates Ooh, that is a yes and it works in my schedule yeah. so there's always like some structural aspect to it some basic like logistical aspect to doing things but um, ultimately, you'll make it work if you can commit to that yes in your body. Right. The thing that I struggle with is, um, and I'm sure others do as well, but just personal journey for myself is that, you know, my ego is so loud and strong that it, it has a really strong ability to talk me out of shit that I know is good for me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, it'll cite all the fears that I have around it, social anxieties, you know, all that shit. Man, it really kind of, it's really good to plead in this case about how wrong I am. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, from sitting outside, like I just said, with my feet on the ground, you know, I, I feel that information coming in, but I also hear the voice being like, that's bullshit. You know, and it's just, it's, it's amusing at times. And at times, like, it's just really, it gets fucking old because mm -hmm. I'm done with it. I'm done listening to it. And I've, I've loved it. I've pleaded with it. I've tried to find a place for it. I've renamed it a few times. My first name for my ego was corporate Adam. And then I realized <laughs> that I was kind of poking fun at him, you know, and, and, and not maybe giving him the credit that he needs because we're all, our ego still serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I changed the name of my ego to Bhima, which is a character from the Mahabharata. Cool. And Bhima is the third son of, um, one of the Kings and uh, is this big, brutish kind of guy that is down to fight and will fuck anything up, drop of a dime, but he's also very honorable mm -hmm. and very, he listens to his older brother, uh, Yudhisthira, and, and follows his guidance. And so that was my idea of like, okay, so this guy, he's Bhima, he's very aggressive when needed, but he's also listens to the, the, the authoritative figure, which is my consciousness. Mm -hmm. So I've even like tried to rename him and say, oh, no, let's, let's find another character that's more honorable. You know, but still it's like this, ah, this voice that just is so damn strong. And like I said earlier, no matter how much I know that it's a character that's being played, not to my best interest now, it's still something that I listen to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That ego, it's a fun one. Yeah. Um, what, what comes up for me there is like the end result. So is kind of also tuning into the practice that I talked about. So if you like find some stillness, find a seat, um, and close your eyes and just tune in to your breath for a minute and feel the body. Feel what whatever's just present in this moment and 
and say your end result is freedom. And so feel what that freedom will actually feel like. Place yourself in the feeling of that freedom. It's already been manifested. You're already experiencing it. It's embodied. You're living it. Knowing that that freedom is going to ebb and flow based on worldly things like schedule, like obligations. However, you can still feel that feeling And allow that feeling in the body to connect as your yes. And so now we have this tool of feeling whatever the goal is, in this case freedom, whatever that energy that you want to live through, live in, is that feeling in your physical body and what is it for you at the moment, Adam? For me right now, I feel a lot of activation like in my like third eye, like kind of between the nose actually. Mm. And but a lot of like uh topical sensations. Mm. Like very like top of the surface of the arms and the hands, like everything kind of feels like very jumpy right now. Jumpy? Yeah. Kind of like Yeah, like like, like yeah, yeah like let's excited. do this thing. Yeah, yeah totally. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that is an axis point and it can be different for each person and yeah. a little quick demonstration there um and in my practice i would tune into what your wants needs and goals and desires are right. to then find that now you have this resource to go oh my goal is freedom i'm gonna focus all of my de decisions towards that when i get presented with an opportunity how does living that opportunity feel? Right. I'm going out to this work thing at the bar and it feels, uh, or it just, it does not feel like that topical, tingly, jumpy, like excitement. Right. Oh, that actually might not be for me. Um, tuning into the no would be tune, like doing a similar thing and thinking of a time where we made a really bad choice that we really regret right. and that feeling. And so we're tuning into tapping into the end result versus mm. the moment right now. So for me, like if I think about say my addiction with cocaine, mm -hmm. I could still be living that if I wasn't aware of my end results. I now, if that even crosses my mind, I start romanticizing it. I might romanticize it for a minute. Oh, that was so fun back in the day when I used to... Blah, blah, blah. But now it's like... But I know that at the end of it, I can't speak clearly. Hmm. I don't feel great. I'm done for two days. I have no energy. I had, right. didn't eat for 24 hours. Now I'm completely depleted. My end result is feeling like that. Then I know in this moment... Right making that decision is not going to serve me. Right. And this can be anything. This is the example I'm using at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, ooh, if my end result is to feel free and I, oh, do I want to do this cocaine? And it is that, honestly, I wouldn't do it still, but yeah. I would look at that like, oh, why am I excited about that? Oh, because I know right now in this moment, I'll feel great. Right. I'll feel that freedom right now. But in 
20 minutes, I won't. Yeah. So thinking about it in that way, like my end result is the goal. Does this decision emulate that same energy that I tap into right. when I think of my yes? Yep. Yes. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, for mine with that, you know, drinking was mine. It, mm-hmm. it, it was screaming at me for the longest time. Yeah. Like, dude, stop. You're, you're not doing any good. You're not even masking the thing that you used to mask. You're yeah. making it worse now. And it, it screamed and screamed and pleaded and pleaded until one day finally I listened and I was yeah. in a place where I could listen to it. And, and it was like my body rejoiced. Yeah. And, but you know, my consciousness was like, cool. All right. Toxin's gone. We're yeah. going to be good. And then, but the reality is, is no, that toxin is gone now. Now the, the reality of why you started using that toxin is, is now front facing. Are you ready to deal with that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when I've, again, like I, I kind of knew that was going to happen, but at the same time I didn't. And I was faced with it like, God damn it. <laughs> like there's still so much to work on, mm-hmm. you know, but that is when we stop masking ourself, then we can really see what kind of work we need to do. Yeah. And nobody can do your work but you, right? right? And that's the thing that the most frustrating advice I ever got was, you know, nobody's going to move your boulders but you. Nobody's going to dig that hole or fill it back in but you. That's your work, mm-hmm. you know. So, but you got to understand what you're working with before you can make those steps. So to quiet down the body, to quiet down the mind, to get to a place where you can trust what you're hearing, you know. And and we talked about meditation. We've talked about yoga. We've talked about all different types of ways to, to find this. And, but it's, it's your journey to find and, but it's so important to do so. Um, I think, you know, to our, to point we made earlier about societal, uh, you know, acceptance or not, this is where it's your job and your duty to, not maybe not duty, but it's your Dharma, right. To find the community that supports you in the change that you want to go through. Um, one of the reasons I left the career that I was in was when I started to make my change personally, um, I knew that I wasn't in a place to where I could change this industry. And mm-hmm. I also wasn't in agreement with it anymore. I saw it for what it was, the sexism, the stereotypicalness, the, um, the focus on drinking. I've worked in restaurants for 20 years, uh, management. And, you know, for me, when I found out that knowledge of self for me, and that was through yoga and meditation, I was disgusted with myself and I couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I had to blow up and not had to, but I chose to blow up a career, a promising career that was moving in a path that the Western society was proud of, right? Mm-hmm. Check the boxes, insurance and kids and blah, 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 all this stuff, growth potentials and bonuses and blah, 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 vacations. Yeah. But I was fucking miserable. I was yeah. just not happy. Right. And, and, that, and that disgust feeling so no that's my no that's exactly. a no yes. right there like it, it, oh it, does it feel like this like yeah. does feeling like going back to my kitchen jobs feel like exciting yeah. like oh no like totally yeah i still get ptsd you know like those those kind of nice days where it's still kind of uh you know like say september mid-september it's nice outside but it's the chance of rain but all the restaurants I worked at had a patio and we'd always have to make that decision of like, should I open it? Should I not open it? Pressured one way or the other sales, not staffed, blah, blah, blah. And then you make a decision and it's the wrong one. And then you mm-hmm. just end up getting your ass kicked for the past, like for the next four hours. You know, it's like those, like those grimy feelings of mm-hmm. like, no, that's a no, that's yeah. never going to be a yes for me. Like yeah. I just, I, I feel it intrinsically, you know, um, there's a, there's a practice that I did recently. Um, and it was just for one day and it was a journal prompt of just write down your thoughts in your head and the way you think about yourself for one day. 
And I burned that fucking book after I was done with it because I didn't realize how disparagingly I thought about mm-hmm. myself. And not, not only myself, but um, but others around me, you know? And it, was, it, it wasn't like I would pass somebody in the street and be like, oh, I feel negative about them. It was more so like I'm driving down the road and, um, you know, somebody kind of runs up on my ass and I look and I'm doing the speed limit and then I start the story in my head. Well, what the fuck's up with them? Why are they on my ass? Get off me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I start getting in this panic of like, what am I, am I doing something wrong? Should I be going faster? Mm. Should I let them over? Should I get out of the way? Should I just go back home? And all these like stories start going in my head about like all these potentialities of what could be happening. And 99% of the time, like, it's not even fucking true, mm-hmm. you know, but it's that, that space that I get caught, caught in and it's just so gripping at times of like how disparagingly I feel other people are thinking about me or mm-hmm. the way I think about myself, yeah. you know, and that was, that was a really strong practice and it's been a little while since I did that and it's, you know, again, it's, you know, I wish it could be just, you see that and you're like, well, that's not true. So we're just going to stop that. Yeah. But you know, I've been telling myself these stories for, you know, I'm 42 years old, you know, so for this long, long, long time of unraveling this. And I think this is where like your support system comes in play, right? So somebody like yourself, men's groups, allure groups, but finding people that can support you in that journey to hold the space and even allow for mistakes to be made. Because a lot of times when we figure out our knowledge of self, we're going to probably do some things that aren't the most in line with what we actually want to do. But -hmm. sometimes we got to make those mistakes to realize like, "Mm, nope, that didn't land right. Didn't like that. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to switch gears, but having a, having a a support group that can, that can allow for that Mm -hmm. and not like chastise you like, Oh, you made one mistake. Get fucked. You're out of here. Right. Because it's a continual experience. Like you, like you mentioned at the beginning, like, Oh, this happened. And I, dropped back into the same story that I used to speak to. And one of the, I guess, tools, these are all practices, but they're not like, I'm going to a yoga practice, I'm going to a breath work. These are like practices that through the practice of them um, start to ingrain into the, the pathways of our mind, of our body. And so I imagine like there's that person right in my tail while I'm driving and it's like oh I'm driving too slow I'm just like when it the idea of these judgments come up ultimately what's worked for me is considering every time somebody's judging me they're actually judging myself now how does that embody into my my own practice Mm. seeing every time I judge somebody else and looking at how I'm actually judging myself, mm. what I'm actually believing in that moment. Like, oh, you're such a fucking asshole for not calling me. Right. Like, oh, well, I didn't call him. Like, <laughs> like, seeing the reflection of it and really being in that mirrored space with those around us right. and having that curiosity to look inward and see that, oh, wow, I'm actually judging myself for all of the things that I would thought I was judging other people for. I'm believing that I'm the piece of shit. So how do we start to navigate healing that forgiveness going into the story of where I developed that misbelief, that story of I'm unlovable, unworthy, weak, Mm -hmm. all of these ideas that you might not even be aware that you are telling yourself the story. But if, judging consistently judging others 
reflect that back to you. How am I judging myself? Feel that feeling that rises up. And having support around this, especially at the beginning, is super helpful. Yeah. It's like, it's almost impossible to do clearly without support, especially at the beginning. And in big situations now for me, like I'll ask for support. Yeah. It's like, ooh, when was the earliest memory that I have of feeling this feeling? This is the choose again process. From there, ooh, the story there is that, and I've spoken this story many times, this is like the go-to, it's like my dad didn't show up for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, my dad didn't show up for me, didn't communicate that he wasn't going to show up for me, and now I have this belief that I'm unlovable. So now I know when, say, my partner doesn't communicate that she's running late or she's not able to do something that comes up Mm. and I know that it's coming from there and my unmet need is being communicated to truthfully about a situation and I can then ask like ooh, I know myself well enough to know that this is coming from this place in my life it's a story that I could continue to tell myself and get upset at this situation or I can maintain this and react in a way that could dissolve the relationship or I could ask for my unmet need. Hey, love, that really hurt me that you didn't communicate that you weren't going to be able to make it. Um, What came up for me was not so much around you not showing up. It was that you didn't communicate that you weren't going to come. And so that really brings up this story from my past about my dad. Mm. and I, the ask here is that as soon as you know that you're not going to be able to make something or something has shifted, just let me know because that puts me at ease from this story of, you know, small, small T trauma right. that I would rather not be living. And then from there, it's like navigating the relationship. She's willing to or she's not willing to. Right. She's not willing to. Well, now we're in dissonance and maybe I have to shift and my yes for you is now changed Mm -hmm. or it's like oh you're willing awesome great thank you yeah and i mean that's in that's such good fucking work man because not only are you able to express your concerns and not let the you know one of my favorite quotes is uh, all emotions are okay all behaviors are not so when you can express yes. those emotions healthily then they don't become these nasty behaviors that lash out later on and be like fuck you you did this right um, but the other side of that too is having a person on the other side that's supportive of you in in honoring mm-hmm. that because that could be a big ego flare for somebody on the other side of that receiving that information right so it's 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 a two part work right it's it's work for you to to honor yourself and honor your personal energy and constitution by stating what what aggravated you but it's also the work on the other person for sitting there and allowing that information to come in and not just being triggered and reacting be like well get fucked yeah. i can do my own thing mm-hmm. you know and so it's that's that's beautiful to have a person in your life that is able to share that space with you. Yeah, and if they were to get upset at the ask, and it's like, well, I have a process for that. Right. <laughs> we yeah. can we can work with that and like come back to a common ground that we love each other. Yeah. Um, and then that whole idea, just like just to drop this, works on a societal level too. This happened in the news; it upset me, and now I can figure out what is. What am I believing? Right. Oh, I'm in danger. Yep. And there's some belief beliefs in there, some ideas in there that are supportive of that. Like, 
I'm an energetic being made of love. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, for me, that's a foundational great belief to be, or idea to be holding. It's still even challenging. (laughs) So ingrained with belief in this world, Uh but this idea, yes, it could shift, but, um, that foundational idea has been so supportive of me to be able to be more compassionate, to be more compassionate with myself, to develop the trust and love for myself to continue to make decisions that are in alignment based on my yes and no's. And Mm -hmm. in that sense, it's like the more I do these practices, the more, oh, I have a big decision to make. Like I'm going to spend a bunch of money on a new camera. Right. I want to, I think, let me check in. Yeah. Cool. That's a full fuck. Yes. Yeah. Um, and one of the best decisions I've made. Right. Yeah. So, slow development of that starting with small things like do uh, maybe starting with a dessert like that could be cool like a reward like okay my reward for cooking a beautiful dinner is to buy a dessert what dessert give yourself two options like two options that you like yeah right not like yeah mud pie and uh, chocolate ice cream but you know like yeah okay so my my two options would be we're gonna play this game. I love desserts. I'm gonna throw it out there. Uh, okay, so one is gonna be a cookie cake because I love cookies and I love cake. Uh, and the other one, I'm gonna, you know, what I've been, I've been really, I've been craving a milkshake and French fries. Milkshake and French fries those, and cookie cake. Yeah, dip those French fries in some milkshake. So close the eyes. Okay. Imagine you just finished this beautiful dinner you made. Mm. You're already feeling success. And imagine yourself eating cookie cake. Already doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And notice the yes or the no there. Mm -hmm. And if it's yes, how how loud is that yes? It's pretty loud. Okay. It's pretty loud. And now you've just finished dinner, going to get the dessert, and you get your milkshake and ice cream. You set it down and yes or no. You know, it's not as strong as a yes as the the, the Yeah, so then we go, okay, it's a yes. Okay, what's the volume of that yes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, to me it was like, yeah, that's great, but it also requires more work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's great. No, I love that, you know, and it's because everything can be a yes, right? But how strong is your yes? Yeah. Right. And I think that's, that's where we start to dial into our intuition, you know, like, um, we're, we're just cresting past the new year, right? People love new year's resolutions, all that fun stuff. And one of the things that we see in yoga a lot is that, that ambition and that, that excitement to reach the new year's resolution. I'm like, work out again, I'm going to move my body and let's take, uh, let's take yoga for example. Right. So somebody comes in and they're like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to start with hot yoga. I'm going to go to the hottest class and the vinyasa and do all the moves. I'm going to do the stuff. And then they leave it all on the mat, as we would say, sweaty mess afterwards, and then they don't show up again for three, four weeks because they've given too much and they put too much into it and mm-hmm. now are just depleted of energy, whether it's soreness, frustration, couldn't do what I wanted to, whatever, whatever. And so we've basically wasted the excitement, 
right? We didn't harness the excitement to where we can prolong it. We've just used it all for one thing, right? And so I think a lot of that too can be with our intuition. You know, we got to give ourselves time, right? I can't just go in and never working out a day in my life and mm-hmm. throw 300 pounds on a bench press and be like, got it. I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do the bar first and mm-hmm. get an understanding of what that feels like. And then yeah. maybe I'll put some tens on, you know, mm-hmm. build up to your 300 pounds. Right. Yeah. But just like you're saying, like jumping into your intuition, if you have no understanding of it and then expecting your intuition to just all of a sudden jump up and make the right decision for you, it could not be the right voice. It could be the belief system instead mm-hmm. of the idea system. It could be the ego instead of the consciousness, mm-hmm. all these different things, because we haven't developed our time, given ourselves the time to develop what that intuition sounds like, feels like the knowledge of self sounds like, feels like. Right. Yeah. Another good example would be to, Oh, I'm going to go out to eat Mexican or Thai, you know, using two options that are different. And then do I want Thai? Yes. Do I want? Yes. So same idea. Yeah. And then, The continual leaning in, leaning into that, like, and it's not without, um, you know, challenges because we'll have that voice, we'll have the worldly influence come in and, you know, like with the camera. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I want to buy another camera. Right. But I still need to make money (laughs) to buy that camera. Right. You know, like there's things that are keeping us from actually achieving those things but i can work towards buying that new camera right um when i have this much money i will get that camera um the voice coming in and influencing how the body's feeling that's why getting clear doing things like breath work or being in a sound healing and then sitting with meditation afterwards or either one of us doing private sound healings with some coaching like all of that can be very supportive to clearing the voice getting dropping into a quiet mental space so the the thought body isn't working so hard and then tuning back into the body Mm -hmm. asking the question oh yeah thai food or mexican food god i'm i really need the sound healing for that right exactly (laughs) and that could very well be the case in the moment like we're in these practices to be in the practice and then and then the trust builds. And there might be times like, ooh, I thought I was listening to my body. But now looking back, I was like pretty in my head and like felt very influenced by this or that. Now I've just learned a little bit more. Right. Right. I've just learned that I can feel that way if my mind's not clear, if I've been over consuming media. Right. right. I think, I mean, that leads right into uh, the ideas of manifestation and what we manifest and how we manifest, right? Um, the, the idea of, you know, what's, what's alive in us, what's on top of mind is always going to be what, what resonates in front of us. And that can be as positive as it is negative, mm-hmm. right? And so, again, like understanding yourself, the stories, how you show up, the strength that you hold, all that stuff, your personal constitution will allow you to let those beautiful thoughts be what you manifest. Because if we walk around and we're constantly worried, we're constantly in a state of fight or flight, that's what we're manifesting, whether we realize it or not, Mm -hmm. right? So if we're constantly in this state of fear, shock, panic, then we're always going to see the world in a state of fear, shock, and panic. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a a, a scientist, I was a therapist I was listening to a while back, and 
Rabbi, uh, oh gosh, not Rabbi Gaffman, another rabbi, can't remember his name now. But basically what he was saying was that like, you know, we have our five external senses, right? Our eyes, our ears, our smell, our taste, and our touch, right? So our external senses. And let's say all those are perfect. Everything's working great. Like I can feel all the things. Got hearing, 20-20 vision, taste is great, all the fun stuff. But if my consciousness isn't healthy, it doesn't matter how pure the information is that comes in. It's getting muddled by the filter as mm-hmm. it comes in, right? And so like I could I could be in the most peaceful place that you could possibly think of, right? Whatever that is for you. But for me, that could be the biggest trigger and I could be flared into a state of panic because all of my consciousness is seeing just trigger after trigger mm-hmm. after trigger, potential situation, potential fear, all this stuff. And so it's really important to get your mind in a place to where you can understand that kind of idea of what you're actually bringing into the world and what that world is bringing into you mm-hmm. because it's all filtered through your nervous system. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think again, like, you know, whether it's meditation, breath work, uh, movement practices, we got to listen to ourselves and we got to understand what those things are saying because if we're just walking around, walking around in a state of worry and panic all the time, that's our first, that's our first step Mm. is how do we neutralize the mind to see that? Like I'm sitting across from a good friend of mine. I don't think he's going to beat me up or say any disparaging things to me. Why am I in a state of panic and fear right now? You know? Okay. Let's do some work on that. Let's breathe into it. Understand that cam's like the best friend I have. Mm. He's going to means no, no ill will towards me at all. If anything, if he challenges me, it's because he sees that I'm doing something that I'm better than, right? Mm. I'm better than the word I just said, or the phrase that just came out of my mouth or the action that just happened. That's the challenge that I want. You know, and that's the challenge that I, that I know that you'll give me, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's getting ourselves into a place to where we can take our own stories out of it and see the reality for what it actually is. Mm-hmm. But that's fucking work, man. Yeah. That's where all that work comes in. Mm-hmm. Reality versus, or real versus ideal. And that ideal could also be dream or worry or anything that we're just creating. Yeah. Um, yeah, although like boxing would be super fun, so we're not going to do that right now. <laughs> um Yeah, it's it's been my experience that when I'm in alignment and living from this yes place that I feel in my body versus created in my head hmm. that things fall into place. It might take a little bit of initiating for me. Um However, there's ease to it versus struggle. Right. Like, I'm like, not like, oh my God, everything's so hard. It's like, oh, this is challenging, but it's challenging me to step forward into the path deeper. Yeah. Um, even though it's in alignment, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Like, all these things are simple. They're not easy. Yeah. Um, but definitely noticing recently especially over the holidays and even just a few days ago i was kind of like oh i need to do like thinking about all of the things that i plan on doing in my year of dedication devotion and discipline it's like i have to do this this, like kind of being hard on myself and thinking too much and then i'm driving i don't drive overly fast especially on side streets and in parking lots I like slowly pull out and this guy's speeding behind me. Um, almost hit him. I 
didn't almost hit him, but I was just starting to pull out. He full on stops and starts yelling at me. Oh, like okay. I was going to hit him. I was like, you're kind of driving a little fast for the parking lot, but okay, nothing happened. Right. I go to pull out of that parking lot and somebody pulls out like right in front of me in a different space. Like, And then again, like three times on that trip, <laughs> Somebody <laughs> almost pulls out in front of me, almost hits me, but I luckily was paying attention, not going too fast, honked my horn, and they stopped. Yeah. And it's like, oh, how am I? I love how we, in this kind of wellness, use traffic as such like a key. <laughs> no, like it's such a key example of this, this, this work in action. But, yeah. oh, wow. Okay, I'm inviting all of this kind of chaotic energy in or these almost accidents near misses like how am i energetically right now what am i where am i right in my body oh i'm super heady right now i'm overly thinking i'm worrying about this do i have time for that can i get to the gym am i gonna get this done i don't really want to do this today but i have to like oh and now i'm inviting all of this drama in all these moments of like shock in my body it doesn't feel good like okay slow down my breath keep driving the same slow normal speed of like 35 25 maybe less in a neighborhood but yeah it calms everything else down yeah and so that's that's my example of the not living in that grounded like clear space it's it was interesting to me in that explanation that you had is that so the word synchronicities pops up mm. right because I love synchronicities but and I and I'll I'll say this I generally think of synchronicities as a a, a positive thing right and not to say uh, and that's that's a that's an approach right that's the way I view it right that's the way like somebody can look at information and put a positive or a negative spin on it right. Um, so for me, like synchronicities are, you know, like when I feel that I am in tune with myself, there's all these synchronicities that happen around me that make me know that I'm in the right place, the right time, you know, all this stuff that happens. But the synchronicities in that example you just gave show us the work that we still need to do, mm-hmm. you know, because there's that synchronicity of like, Hey, you're being triggered. Hey, you're being triggered. Hey, guess what? Hey, guess what? You know, and it's going to constantly throw that in your face until you have the, the the time or the effort or the desire to sit down and be like, why am I so triggered right yeah. now? Why, why am I so upset with the world, mm-hmm. with traffic, with the life, yeah. you know, and giving yourself an opportunity to dial into that, 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 um, that uncomfortable feeling, that discomfort, instead of just being frustrated and be like, well, fuck the world today. Traffic sucks, whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to go to work and be upset now, you know? Yeah. And the reframe for trigger for me is like portal. Oh. So like, ooh, that triggered me. I th- ooh, it's a portal in. Oh. Like I open up, something opens up. Like an emotion opens me up to go inward mm. and see whatever it is. It might be, ooh, trigger, judgment, ooh, wait, it's a portal. I like that a lot. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. so portal instead of trigger because it's yeah. opening something to allow me to look at the the reason my emotions are are upticked right now. Yeah. Oh, that's 100%. beautiful, man. The redefining of the word triggered, or I should say, giving another variation of a word, portal instead of triggered. I love that, and one of the things that I've and I think maybe it might have been you that 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 
put me on this path, if not somebody very similar to you, mindset wise, um, was uh, the word toxic, mm. right? So toxic. Let's say we always hear toxic masculinity, which you know I'm not going to defend it, right? There's definitely toxicness to masculinity, but the word toxic doesn't allow for something to be fixed, right? Mm. We think toxic waste. Toxic waste is just, it's done. It's yeah. green, it's slimy, it makes Ninja Turtles, right? Fucking, it's going to screw some stuff up. It can never become pure again. It's toxic. Well, we're always able to bounce back, right? There's that pendulum swing. We, we understand knowledge of self, like we've been talking about, and we can start to right that ship. But if we're toxic, that, 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 that description is never going to go away. Mm-hmm. So using the word shadow... Mm. instead of toxic like shadow masculinity right okay yes there's a shadow but we can put a light on that and mm-hmm. it's not a shadow anymore so yeah. we can learn from that right and so the same kind of idea trigger trigger for me is like i mean the first thing i think about is tr- when i hear trigger is a gun right mm. and pull the trigger that bullet leaves the gun and that's gonna go on its path but a, a portal you know, that's more personal for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm opening up an opportunity for myself to exactly. learn instead of like, I've just killed something. I've just shot mm-hmm. something and now it's been damaged. Or I've been shot. Exactly. I've been shot. I've been yeah. damaged. No, I've been given an opportunity. I've been shown a place inside of myself that maybe I haven't seen, maybe mm-hmm. I haven't put attention to, but now this situation has given me the opportunity to look at myself and be like, whoa, dude. Mm-hmm. That was a big energetic shift that you just felt because of what that person just said. Mm-hmm. Like, where is it really coming from? Yeah, you know. So I think there there is an opportunity for us to reframe a lot of the way that we speak about ourselves, about others, about situations that will allow it to be a little more palatable for us mm-hmm. than to seem like, well, this is just how I am now. Yeah, and I will mention that, especially when it's an external force creating that opportunity for you mm-hmm. that's an opportunity for you that doesn't mean put up with some bullshit true like that is true that's when we can start to put up boundaries and raise our standards like oh this person i thought we were having a mutual like grounded conversation from different perspectives and then they started calling me a stupid asshole and that pulled up an opportunity for me to feel myself go in and maybe begin to shift some misbeliefs or some stories that we've been i've been telling myself and i can let them know that is not an appropriate way to communicate with me. I don't appreciate that in this conversation. And if it continues, then we can't continue this. Right. Like I'm done. Right. Um, and yeah, there's been times in my life where that's had to happen uh-huh. within my own family unit. And that was hard, Yeah. but I needed to continue my commitment to listening to myself and all is well now. Um, within my family unit, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but that struggle had to happen there. Yep. Um, that struggle of that influence of society and of the external world, like, oh, do I submit to this kind of rule of decision making mm-hmm. based on somebody else, or can I continue to stay with my own sovereign self? Right. And the continual tuning back in. Ooh, if I were to make this decision, how would it feel? If I were to make that decision, how would it feel? Right. How would my body react? Like, 
what's the movement there? Does it expand or contract? Yeah. You know, um, and honoring oneself isn't the easiest thing to do. Like it's not, sometimes it's the hardest thing because you're going against common narratives and common belief systems. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, a lot of the way that you're explaining the way that you would hold that conversation can be, and I'll use the word trigger for the other person because maybe they're not as understanding of that being a portal, but that could be a trigger to them. And then all of a sudden, like misogynistic kind of tones can come out, you know, Oh, you can't hold a good conversation. Oh, Mm -hmm. you're emotional, blah, blah, blah. Like the, the societal standards of us just gritting and moving through it might pop up. Yeah. And then we start to feel like, well, that's when the community needs to be there. This is where it, it kind of all weaves in. Okay. So now that person's judging me. Right. I, from my work of when I judge people, I look back at myself and how I judge myself. Oh, I know he's judging himself. Where is he judging himself? What is he believing about himself? And so I can ground myself right. in the fact that it's not actually fucking about me, why you're upset at me. It's something to do with you. Yeah. And that's why the conversation can't be held in a mutually compassionate way, despite our differences. Right. Um... Yeah, that was a huge lesson for me. And, you know, that's where all of these little sounds from the examples, very little mundane practices develop this deep well of trust and compassion for self and others. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, uh, I think Tang, one of our, one of our mutual friends told me this when I first started meditating and basically, I think it might've been his pitch for me to start meditating. Uh, but it basically went along the lines of, um, uh, life is gonna life is gonna be traumatic for you at some point in time. Like there's gonna be things that happen. Somebody's gonna pass away. You're gonna grieve. You're gonna loss. You're gonna have something go wrong. And when that happens, that's your opportunity to lean into your peaceful practices. Mm-hmm. So build your practices before you need them because you know you will need them. You can definitely build your practices when you need them if you don't have them, but it's so hard to deal with the emotion of whatever you're dealing with. Let's take grief. Grief is crippling in many different ways. Um, it's emotionally crippling. It's an energetic crippling. It's just a, just a life crippling thing, and it can hit us in the most strangest of ways. So trying to develop a meditation practice, breathwork practice, something like that, when you don't have it already, and then all of a sudden life goes sideways – that's tough. But if you already have some kind of a semblance of a practice, a meditation, breath work, yoga, whatever it is, whatever, CrossFit, taking a walk with your dog, right? Whatever your healthy practice is, then we can lean into those things when life goes sideways. But get get prepared for it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that knowledge of self. Like if we can sit with ourselves and understand that maybe I haven't been listening to myself and I'm going to develop that practice now. And then when something goes wrong, something happens in life, let's say like – you know, something happens with my kids or with, with Monica or with my dog or something like that, you know, like, yes, that is going to be something I have to manage, but I've already had peaceful practices to help me understand that the voice that I'm hearing is not going to be good for me. And mm-hmm. I should listen to the softer voice or I should identify this feeling and lean into that practice more. And I should leave this, you know, alcohol alone, right. Cause that's not going to help me out, mm-hmm. you know? So listening to our bodies now when we have the constitution to listen to ourselves and build those peaceful practices will really help us in the long run instead of just trying to like sprint and try to you know figure out how to do breath work when i can't even breathe because my mom just died yeah and your chest is so tight and the gut is empty and there's totally yeah man yeah sending love to you and your family on that one like thank you brother yeah thank you so i mean 
that we could continue to talk about knowledge of self and we will in a, in a way, you know, I'll still continue to talk about it on this podcast, but, um, but knowledge of self, like it's not just like understanding you, but it's, it's learning that you have, we all have flaws. We all have stuff that we're working on. We're not perfect. And I think when we can really understand that we're not perfect, we can maybe extend that leniency to others, mm. you know, and self-acceptance, self-love and confidence, right? Self, like, how do you define the self? How do you get into the self so that you can feel comfortable in the self and then be that self around everybody else? Hmm. No, I think that's one of our biggest words. I'm, right I'm trying to tune into when I, I feel like being in it so much more often now, like every time I guide yoga or a, a breathwork session for a client or a group or a sound session usually involved with the breathwork. Um, though I'm in those so often and that energy so often that photography, like all the things that I do that I love to do, like there's a reason why I love to do them because it drops me into that place yeah. of that self-love. Yes, there's judgments and all the things still come up. Um, but there's flow to it. There's like that flow space, um, flow state space. And so I'm trying to tune into when I wasn't. So I guess, yeah, so I don't remember the question anymore, but I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> um, when I was like, so not in my self, I was working for somebody else, grinding away, like feeling underappreciated. And I had that cringy, grimy feeling that you spoke of when you were talking about being in restaurants as well. And the self-awareness to that feeling was the catalyst. That was, oh, wow, I'm self-aware that I feel awful here not just like this sucks i have to be here instead of somewhere there i feel awful here and from there okay well what makes me feel good about myself what makes me confident in myself mm -hmm. so while continuing in that job doing a really fucking good job yep made me feel good about myself and it was great for the business too whatever all everybody benefited from me living my highest version of myself within the place where i didn't feel great right um trying to get those little wins like oh yeah i did a great job on that dish i did a great job on that dish cool i can feel gain a little confidence there i'm good at the things that i do yeah start building these other things yoga like doing the yoga teacher training starting to practice teaching actually teaching growing from there learning my yeses and nos and all of that expanding into this each time i make that decision towards that ultimate like goal kind of like we spoke to at the beginning like if my goal is freedom like maybe yours is family mm -hmm. you know like what's that feeling am i working towards that feeling that yes feeling and I keep making decisions there. And yeah, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be missteps. But noticing what shifts really like to, like being self-reflective 
it, maybe it doesn't work for you. That's cool too. Right. For me, it's worked. And so looking back, oh, is this still working? Is this still working? What has been successful? What hasn't? Okay, so even though that was a yes on my path, it wasn't successful. Let me shift. And so through that, the confidence to make those decisions mm. because each of those decisions is an act of self-love. Yeah, it can be like, Going to the bath, <laughs> going to take a bath. Yeah. Going to the bathroom is an act of self love yeah. <laughs> too. But uh, going to take a bath, act of self love. Give yourself some time and peace and some hot water. Great, it's a beautiful way to relax. Um, that's not the only way right. to find these acts of self love. Sometimes it's, oh wow, I'm really judging myself, and now I say three things that I love about myself to myself. Yeah. Um, it's more about these little things than the big things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that self-awareness to self-love and the compassion towards the self is like all of this practices, these yeah. little practices, these little decisions. Yeah. Like Thai food or Mexican food? Thai food. Okay, cool. Thai food was my yes. Man, this... Thai food hit the spot. Hell yes. Yeah. Little win. Cool. I built a little bit more trust in my ability to listen to my body. There you go. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the key uh, for a lot of this, or that maybe, maybe it's the, the frustration is that, um, you know, I'll take meditation, for example. Like I talked to countless people that say, I'd love to start meditating, but I don't have the time. Um, I don't know when uh, I can never find an hour. Give yourself five minutes, give yourself 30 seconds, yeah. like just the, the intention of the desire too, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I think we, we think that we, we get caught up in the end result and we are get afraid to take that first step. Uh, and a lot of that is kind of like what you're talking about. Like this is a development. This thing mm -hmm. takes time. Like there's no blueprint that says, hey, Camo, this is how you're going to feel your body. It's you asking questions and resonating with it and saying, okay, I feel this. I don't feel that. You can get guides to help you and say, this is where I felt it. Maybe listen there. But it's, it's a journey for yourself. And if, you know, it takes time and it takes work and it takes effort, you know. And I think that might be part of maybe one of the things that holds people back is that we're in this instantaneous you know, instant gratification world where if I do a thing, I get a result, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, I, I can't remember who I was listening to talk, but somebody was telling me, or I was listening to this talk about meditation early on in my journey, might've been Simon Sinek, but he was talking about, you know, like, Hey, you know, if you sit down for five minutes and sit in peace and quiet, you'll become a superhero. You'll get a superpower, right? Who wouldn't want to do that, mm -hmm. right? So just like find your time, find your your opportunity to put the work in, you know, mm -hmm. because it's not going to start on its own, right? It's something you got to listen to. Mm -hmm. There are definitely people out there that are in, more intuitive than others. They might have some kind of gift. They might have some kind of thing that they've been working on or maybe that they've just been gifted with, mm -hmm. right? But that's great, right? If that's you, lean into that. If not, like find what works for you. Find the practices that work for you to help you understand what your self-awareness is and what your self-love feels like, yeah. you know, what your, how you support yourself, how you support your community. Mm -hmm. Like, are you, are you living the best variation version of the life that you desire? Or are you just miserable through life and just don't know why? Or are you just okay? Like, this is yeah. another thing that I hear. I loved all that you just said. And then like, it, you don't have to be living a miserable life right. to expand on what's already great or you, you know if i'm living and it's like cool everything's everything's okay uh -huh. is that okay with you are you okay with being okay 
would you like more? Would you like to feel great? Yeah. You know, would I like to love greatly? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, yeah, every, <coughs> all of these practices for me have led me to more of that rather than okay. Yeah. And there's still okay moments. Yesterday was an okay day yeah. for me. Yeah. I had a great client session. My grandma turned 88. Hey. But all in all, my feeling of my body was today's okay. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm not excited, super excited about anything. I'm not down about anything. I'm just kind of like, and I accepted it to be the Sunday that it was. There you go. And now today I get to be here, so I'm oh, stoked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, emotions change, feelings shift. Yeah. 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 Um, this, uh, this is a lifelong practice, knowing oneself. Um, finding the ways to deeper the knowledge of oneself. Um, I love the the conversation we had about ideas versus beliefs. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that I really want to make sure to reiterate yeah. is that is that ideas versus beliefs. You know, beliefs. Goddamn. You know, there's there's wars. There's all this violence started over beliefs, but ideas we can change. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the best uh, examples of that that I've heard recently was um, was in physics. Right, so when uh, Albert Einstein passed away, so and, and interesting because Albert Einstein, when he first, you know, was in the patent office and started in his physics career, he was challenging the system, challenging mm-hmm. Newtonian physics, challenging all this stuff, different ideas, different concepts, and but as he got older into his, uh, and he created, you know, developed all these different theories that he had, you know, all this stuff he kind of dug his heels into that and was like, no, this is the way it is. This, we figured it out, you know, but all this other information was coming in from younger physicists and it was being denied because we've already set a cap. This Mm -hmm. is what's going on. But once Albert Einstein passed away, physics flourished, Uh, the ceiling blew off because there was nobody up there anymore to say, nope, nope, we figured it out. And all these different ideas and concepts started getting looked at and worked into Newtonian and and Einstein physics and all these different ways and physics flourished and it grew, you know? So we need sometimes to let that idea of our shelf of our ceiling die Mm -hmm. so we can continue to grow. Right. It's, I think I watched something the other day just about fleas, right? They took this uh, handful of fleas and they put them in a glass jar and put a lid on it. And when they were putting them in the jar, the fleas were jumping all over the place. They were jumping as high as the jar. The jar is only like three inches high. It's a really small jar. Put all the fleas in the jar and then they sealed the lid and they left it there for like maybe a day. After the day, they took the lid off the, the, flea, uh, the jar and the fleas were still jumping, but they would never jump higher than that lid. They never jumped higher because they learned, you know, this is another idea. Another example of that is back in the day when we, uh, when we used to have circuses and elephants and shit, right? So all these elephants, these giant behemoths of mammals, right? Big, t- you know, multiple ton elephants shackled by a little, little, little foot cuff mm-hmm. to, to a chain pounded into the ground, right? There's, there's no doubt in my mind that elephant can break through that mm-hmm. easily. But when they're baby elephants, they aren't, they aren't able to, right? And they put that chain on their, their, uh, their, their foot and it's pounded into the ground. They can't move. So they learn that that's their restraint. They can't mm-hmm. ever move past that. Even when they grow to seven times that size and thousands of times that, that, that strength that they were when they were babies. But that's their knowledge now, right? So continuously challenging your knowledge of self. Mm-hmm. Continuously challenging your narrative, your belief system. 
right? Is that really what you believe or mm-hmm. is it just this idea? And as more information comes in for that idea, whether supporting it or not, mm-hmm. how do you accept that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's the... That sounds like some a great visual example of conditioning. Yeah. And then do you want to break free of your fucking conditioning to know yourself deeper, to make your, your own decisions based on the knowledge that you've sought out or that you've received? Yeah. And even all of what we're speaking right here, like these are my ideas right now. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what other ideas come through later yeah. so that I can, you know, Maybe have a podcast with you in two years and go, remember that podcast we did on self-realization and self-awareness and knowing thyself? Yeah, we got to do another one of those because I know more now and there's some wrong in that. So, yeah, that continual evolution and growing, but ultimately, for me, all of these practices have broken me free of that chain around my foot when I was put put on to me when I was a child, a baby, when I developed all my mistaken beliefs and my stories that I created and lived for 37 years and to be free of that, to be in my own expression, to make decisions on in my own self versus make, make adult decisions based on these things. Yeah. You have that freedom too. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. Live okay. Following everything or, choosing on your own what is right and wrong ah there's yeah. strength in that mm-hmm. there's strength there's fear a lot of fear in that but there's a lot of strength in that yeah uh well dude i'm uh i'm happy to the, have you be one of the challenges in my life challengers <sighs> in my life you know you definitely challenged me in in, in my uh desires to internalize a lot of things mm-hmm. um and we need those people you know I, I needed you in my life but i didn't even know know you right mm-hmm. um so I think, you know, the knowledge of self is a never ending, never ending journey. You know, we can can keep under, you know, turning over stones. We can keep looking under rocks, doing all these things and doing the work for ourselves. And that's why I think there's never like an ED at the end of the word heal. You Mm -hmm. know, we're not healed, right? We might heal some things, but it's going to give us an opportunity to unravel something else, Mm -hmm. you know? So giving yourself that time, giving yourself the, the leniency to know that you're just figuring it out. Like there might be the capital S self inside of us, the Atman, if you will, that mm-hmm. knows that, that knows, mm-hmm. and that knows with the capital G of like, yep, got it, figured it out. Mm-hmm. And we might even be aware of the self, the capital S, S self. And we're like on that path to figure it out and understand in full awareness of that self. But that still doesn't mean that, well, for some of us, maybe it does, but for myself, I, even though I recognize there's a capital S self that has vast amounts of knowledge, it's my work in this human life to figure it out and not play, not, not read, read the cliff notes, mm-hmm. you know, and understand that like, I'm going to follow my face and I'm going to make mistakes, but that's part of my journey to figure out who I really am yeah. and figure the strength in, of, of this constitution of who I keep. Thank and you. So it is. it is. Man. And so it, it is. is bro. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm, the ever unfolding and you know we probably will do another you know well let's let's pin that it's two years from now let's do another (laughs) podcast about knowledge of self and we'll figure out how much we've uh, we've changed yeah love you bro that'd be beautiful love bro thank you so much for spending time with camo and i uh, check out the links in the show notes for any information on how to get in touch with either of us if you'd like to continue this conversation thank you so much we'll see you next time